the first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there, and the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. Hey everyone, it's uh, it's Los. Welcome to your Super Bowl special edition of the uh, Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. We all just got done watching an amazing Super Bowl. Congratulations to your uh, n- uh, Super Bowl champion, New England Patriots, just like we thought it was going to happen, right, Mung? Uh, yeah, not quite, but uh, <laughs> I honestly can't even be mad about that game. Uh, you know, the Patriots played really well, and to Nick Foles and Doug Peterson's credit, they just played basically a perfect game, so... Congrats to the city of Philadelphia, city of brotherly love, on their first ever Lombardi. Yeah, really a great game. I think it was a, a good game for football, good game all around. It had everything you could want. It had Tom Brady, the, the evil, you know, the evil dynasty that everybody wanted to see lose. It had a first-time team trying to make their redemption from 2004 or whatever it was when they lost the Patriots in the Super Bowl with Donovan McNabb. We had an amazing trick play that was a big, uh, big middle finger to the Patriots running basically a similar pass to the quarterback play and executing to perfection and a uh, and a touchdown. Big injury to Brandon Cooks, a, a, a star player in the league. This game really had everything. It ended on a big defensive play that shut down uh, shut down the Patriots' hopes. Yeah, I mean, it was just a phenomenal game. Probably one of the <clears> best <throat> Super Bowls we've seen in the last decade. Um, uh, I mean, I feel like every Super Bowl in the last, like, five years was amazing. Yeah, uh, they, they've been games that have been elevated. Uh, no, no uh, nothing to be bored about. Excitement all around. Yeah, for once, uh, you know, we when we see uh, two number one seeds facing off, we're actually getting good games, unlike in uh, some other sports when that happens. Oh, yeah. We're, t- we're looking at you, NBA. So, yeah, what, uh, you know, I-, I don't think we need to really revisit anything fantasy-wise from the Super Bowl, but certainly we've had some news that uh, has happened since we last recorded. Uh, we've got uh, one big trade in particular and a few other uh, coaching uh, coaching hires. So run, run us through that, Los. Sure. So uh, a few things that we want to, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. <coughs> Sorry about that. Excuse me. Uh, I w- wasn't actually listening to a word that you just said, Mung. So uh, what was that? <laughs> I said, you want to just run us through the, uh, the news since, uh, you know, oh, we've sure, last yeah, recorded. Great news. We've got great news. Josh McDaniels has snubbed the uh, Indianapolis Colts. Um, in the 11th hour, decides, ah, nope, shakes him off, not going to be the head coach there. I'm going to stick with the Patriots for a little bit. Uh, probably was promised by Bob Kraft that he's going to be the head coach of the Patriots in the next year or two. Yeah, and, you know, everyone was already, you know, I think I think the Colts actually tweeted that uh, he was their new head coach, something along those lines. But, yep. uh, <laughs> you know, Press it, release, it all happened. Yeah, it reminds me of, I think it was a couple of years ago when, uh, you know, everybody was talking, oh, Frank Gore to the Eagles. And then, uh, you know, like 30 minutes later, it was like, no, uh, actually, he's not going there. I mean, this is even more more glorious because it's the, the Colts are the team that, that started all this baloney about Deflategate. So here the Patriots made the Colts sit there, wait, not be able to hire any coaches, have Josh McDaniels, uh, McDaniels promise to them. And then he's just like, oh, nope. Let me hit that nay-nay. I'm going back home. Yeah, um, and certainly, you know, 
the only fantasy impact here that I can really see is maybe a little bit more risk if you've been thinking about investing in Andrew Luck, maybe going out and buying him because it, it's likely that the Patriots just gave McDaniels a really good deal and perhaps some promises for the future um, to stay in New England. But it's also you know interesting to wonder if Andrew Luck's health had any part of you know influencing that decision. Yeah, uh, and I, I hope you're not going out and buying Andrew Luck. There are so many great quarterbacks nowadays. You, you don't need to pay for, for a situation like that. Who knows? He may never even see a snap again in the NFL. I think, it, I think you know, depending on the price, he could be worth it, though, especially if you're able to get him fairly cheap in, let's say, a super flex or a two-quarterback format. Uh, I, I think the odds are still pretty good that if he is, you know, healthy enough to play again, that he will bounce back to a, a pretty solid QB one. I guess it depends on the price, of course, but there's so many quarterbacks that are available. Uh, <clears throat> Josh McCown was, was a top three quarterback for a good portion of the season, uh, fantasy wise last year. And we have still four quarterbacks, four or five situations where we don't have a defined quarterback where each of them will be a, uh, a significantly good starter. Who knows? Nick Foles might find himself in a new job with a good team. And I think he's showed us this postseason. He was held back by his coaching. This guy is a legitimate NFL starter. Is he a star? Not necessarily, but I think he does deserve to start in the NFL. Um, yeah, I think you could make that argument. I don't know. I think it's, I would give a lot of credit to Doug Peterson here, but uh, that's neither here nor there. But as far as Andrew Luck goes, I, I see your point. We've, we've got the incoming rookies. Um, we've also got promising young quarterbacks uh, slated to start in 2018, guys like Jimmy Garoppolo and Patrick Mahomes. Um, just really a lot of quarterback talent out there, and and always the you know the perennially underrated guys like Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan, who may not be elite, but um, you know they'll they'll get you solid production. Heck, Kirk Cousins may find himself in uh, in Denver soon with a lot of weapons around him. Yeah, and that was, uh, I don't think uh, the Alex Smith trade had happened uh, the last time we recorded, had it? No, it had not yet. Yeah, so uh, for any of you who may not have heard, um, Alex Smith uh, <laughs> will be a Washington Redskin in 2018, and uh, it's very, very likely that Kirk Cousins will not be. There's a slim chance they would keep him for some odd reason, but uh, I don't see it happening. They would have to franchise him for, what, $30 million to, to hold a clipboard? I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know about that. But um, what, uh, you know, instant reaction, I guess. What, what do you think in terms of the Washington running backs, Jordan Reed, and the wide receivers? How are you, are there any particular players that you think whose value changes, whether for the better or for worse? Um, I don't, you know, I think, I think Josh Doxson, is going to fall off here. He may just fall off a cliff. It, it's time probably to sell on him. Um, that said, who knows? Alex Smith can come here, make a splash, make a big impact. He's been given up on twice, though, you know, and he, he doesn't really find that connection with a deep threat ever. We've never seen him do that. Uh, no, it's not not looking good for Josh Doxson. Things could be okay for Jordan Reed if he stays healthy, which – we don't know that that's going to happen. Jameson Crowder, probably. I, I wouldn't necessarily even say he gets a bump, though. I think he sticks at the exact same value. And, uh, yeah, I, I, they paid more for a quarterback that's not as good as Kirk Cousins. 
I, I, I don't like it. I don't like this move at all for the Redskins. Yeah, I think, uh, I think uh, generally speaking, all the articles and all the Twitter responses have been fairly negative for Washington. So um, tough, tough break if you're a Washington fan there. But I think as far as what you said about Crowder uh, and Doxson, I would agree there. I do think Crowder should still be a decent wide receiver three flex option with a little bit of upside. Um, and then the other thing is I think Jordan Reed is an interesting name to mention because he's struggled with so many different soft tissue uh, injuries and, and more notably the concussion issues as well. But, um, you know, it's it's kind of hard to remember sometimes that he's a legit elite top three fantasy tight end when he's on the field. Um, and we saw that Alex Smith is more than capable of feeding his tight end with Travis Kelsey having another great year in 2017. I would say that Jordan Reed is a is a cautious buy low if you can you know get him anywhere for if you're a contending team on a dynasty league uh, you know if you can get him for even a late second or third I, I think he'd be worth the risk at that point. Maybe a third, but again, there's so many up and coming tight ends. I I'm I'm done with Jordan Reed. He's he's not top. Do you think he's top three even on his healthiest day now in this offense? Do you think he's you certainly don't think he's better than Gronk or Kelsey. I don't think he's. I don't think he's in the same class as Ertz. I think he's right there with Ertz at three or four when healthy. Yeah, but when is that? And he was healthy this season. They got Davis plenty of time in there. He's he's not the same guy he's been. Yeah, I guess I'm just saying if if we're gonna you know lower his I, I certainly am avoiding him for the most part but if his value is going to dip to you know a late second round pick I think there's enough risk in any of the rookies you're investing in at that point to you know give Reed a shot if if tight end is your one or two missing pieces on a good roster I mean heck I I'd, I'd rather pay for George Kittle or or Hunter Henry or something like that who can who can really make a breakout this next year Okay. Um, I see your point there too. Um, I, I just think that the, the needle may have swung a little bit, uh, too far in terms a little of little too Reed. far in the negative here. Um, and then, you know, what does this mean for the Kansas city assets? So guys like Kareem hunt and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey with uh, a Mr. Patrick Mahomes under center next year. I mean, you're certainly not scared off. I I'm not selling any of them. I'm holding on to them. Um, their owners certainly aren't going to sell them on the cheap, so you're not buying them. I think you just sit and you know be happy with where they are. I think this is a good thing for Tyreek Hill. I think this is a good thing for Kelsey. I, I like what this means for the uh, for the for the running back Kareem Hunt. Pat Mahomes is a little bit more versatile, a little speedier on the ground. Could open things up a little more for that running back. Yeah, um, I would agree with that as well. I I think all of those ancillary pieces there in Kansas City would probably maintain. Uh, even value or see inflated value, certainly not uh, a decrease. Yeah, I'm, uh, I am I didn't trade Mahomes away in our dynasty uh, th- this year, and I'm very happy. I didn't necessarily see uh, Smith getting moved out of the way this quickly, but I'm glad we'll be able to see what he can do, see if he can progress. Maybe he'll catch on real quick like Deshaun Watson, or we could see him, you know, fumble around for a little bit like most rookie quarterbacks or second-year quarterbacks. But who knows? The uh, It's really exciting, though. Yeah, I mean, Mahomes showed well in that one half where he played with the backups uh, in that meaningless game. So I, I think he looks promising. And I, I also think it's a little funny that uh, you own both Kirk Cousins and Patrick Mahomes in our right? dynasty league. And I own both of those quarterbacks in a different dynasty league. And 
Uh, we've talked a little bit off air about how this trade kind of just immediately impacted both of our rosters so much. Yeah, we clearly see something. Hopefully we get a nice landing space for Kirk Cousins that uh, isn't in Ohio or, or, uh, or New York. Um, just, just for fun, what, if you had to just pick a team right now, put like five bucks down, which team would it be? Where do you think he is? For Cousins to go to? Yeah. I, I think Broncos is really going to happen. I, I, I think there's a good indication that this, this may happen. I, they don't have as much money as everybody else, but Kirk's, Kirk's made it known that winning is a priority to him, and he can go in there immediately and start to do things with that offense, and especially that defense. Yeah, the only other spot that I think would be real interesting for Cousins is uh, Minnesota. And I yeah. feel like that's not talked about as much. A lot of people are talking the Jets or Arizona. But I really think, uh, you know, Cousins would like that. You know, he's a he's not a big partier. Uh, you know, he would be fine with that small-town Minnesota feel. Uh, I, I think he'd be a good fit there, too, for the offense. It, would Arizona be the big party town of Scottsdale with uh, partying with the seventy-five-year-olds? <laughs> no, I just meant I just meant I don't think Arizona's uh, in shape to necessarily contend next year, even if they got Cousins. Yeah, I I agree there. Um, all right, so uh, let's talk about some other news that's happened since then. Uh, obviously, we've got Matt Patricia to the Lions, but I'm not sure that that's going to change a ton fantasy-wise. Um, I I think you know. They've got their offense relatively set. I don't think he's going to come in there and, you know, kind of flip everything upside down. And I do think if we're going to go real nitpicky, maybe the, the Detroit defense uh, may be worth a top um, or not worth a top 10 pick, but maybe will be a top 10 fantasy defense. We'll see what happens with that. Um, I don't know. Up? Did you watch the same Super Bowl as me? It might be time to buy in on all, all your Bears, Packers, and Vikings players. <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't go quite that far just yet, but um, certainly I, I don't think it's going to affect the Detroit skill position players all that much in terms of fantasy. Um, what other news do we have here? Um, let's see. Do we have a list of news somewhere? No, uh, I guess just uh, really I, I don't have any format specific for this show. I figured we could just kind of talk about whatever comes to mind, anything that you find interesting, whether it's a player or a team or a situation. I still want to know. I and the world still want to know what's going on with Malcolm Butler. We know he's not coming back to uh, New England next year, but you know which team is very needy at quarterback? Your Chicago Bears. Could we see him in the uh, in the blue and blue and orange next year? I think that's possible. Um, I think the Saints may also make a play for him. There were rumors that they were close to a trade you know, in the preseason. Obviously, they like him a lot there, and that would bolster their already very good defense that they've you know, made a lot of additions to this past offseason. Um, that would certainly be a, a nice landing spot for him. Um, honestly, I, I don't know. It's, it's tough to say at this point. Uh, obviously, he'll, he'll garner a, a fairly large contract, I would think. Yeah, uh, I I think he well yeah he'll he'll get paid he'll get paid by somebody because teams are always very needy. The Bears already brought in uh, the uh, corner that the uh, the Raiders cut just yesterday or today. So so you know they're going to explore all their options. Plenty of teams need defense. Yeah. So what do you think? Um, what do you think happens with a couple of big free agent wide receivers? We've got Allen Robinson and Jarvis Landry both set to be free agents right now. 
Well, I think Jarvis Landry is going to uh, fall into a situation that's nowhere near as good what he has in Miami. Um, he was a top five, I think top five or top seven wide receiver in our league in a, in a full PPR. Yeah, that I think will he was not, top five. That will not repeat. He needs 95-plus catches. That will not happen if he goes to a team that has a dominant wide receiver, which sounds like the type of thing that he wants. If he goes to the Giants, he's good friends with Odell Beckham. His, his stock will plummet. Um, he's, he's not a big time touchdown scorer. He's not a big type yards guy. It's those hundred points you get from his hundred catches that really keeps him in that spot. And, uh, I, I think he, he falls to a wide receiver three or four or flex or something in this next season instead of a one. Now, what do you think about the Cleveland Browns potentially signing him? Because obviously they've got Josh Gordon, um, and they've got Corey Coleman, but really, Landry can be that reliable move the chains type of guy for whatever quarterback they sign or draft there. Yeah, I think I think that's absolutely a possible landing spot. They can give him a ton of money, but you just named two big barriers there. They have tried to feed Josh Gordon as soon as he got on the field. He had nine targets or 14 targets. Next game, he had another 10 targets. They are feeding Josh Gordon, and that's not a winning game for Jarvis Landry. He needs those 12, 14 targets to get his catches. So in general, would you say you'd be selling Jarvis Landry then? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Okay. Um, I could probably get on board with that. Uh, I don't think he'll be terrible. I, I mean, he might not put up wide receiver one numbers, but we've seen him put up some pretty solid wide receiver two stats and PPR. I think whichever team uh, that ultimately signs him will use him because they, you know, obviously will pay big money for him. Um, the other interesting spot is maybe San Francisco. Uh, that would certainly be really good for uh, Jimmy Garoppolo and giving him another reliable piece of the offense there. Um, I think I would actually really like Landry uh, in San Francisco there. Yeah, thinking about it, that may be the best spot for him. Um, another alternative is the Bears, but I just don't. I don't know what to what to expect from this offense. I really don't want to see him in Chicago. He's not the kind of wide receiver that, that I think we need for our future. Yeah, the other spots, uh, maybe the Jets or the Colts, uh, both of those teams have a ton of salary cap space. Um, but, yeah, really, it's the, just a guessing game right now. Um, the Jets have Robbie Anderson locked up, though. He's, uh, he's their stud. Uh, interesting choice of oh, words no. there. Locked up, huh? <laughs> I guess that's the uh, Jersey County jail that is Robbie Anderson locked up. My bad. Um, yeah, so I, I think that'll be interesting. Let's let's talk a little bit about Allen Robinson, too. Do you think that Jacksonville will franchise him? Uh, obviously, they would like him to stay, but do you think they will make that move? I don't think so. I, I, I don't think they're going to franchise him. Not for the money that, that a top five wide receiver would pull. Um, I don't think he's earned that sort of money. This is based on production from three uh from one one two three seasons ago now was when he had that was when he had that amazing season so that's uh you know what have you done for me lately he's gonna sign for a prove it one year deal and then try and parlay that into something unless unless these nfl gms are crazy i i just don't see him getting locked up for big money um, I actually think I would love for the Niners to sign Allen Robinson to like a one or two year prove it deal, like you know something like one year, like or two years, like ten million, something like that. Um, yeah, I think that would be a perfect situation. Yeah. So okay. So knowing what we know right now, you're trying to sell Jarvis Landry. What are you trying to do with Allen Robinson? Are you buying, holding, selling? 
That really all depends on what the uh, the Ellen Robinson owner is doing. I'm not selling him if I'm the owner because I, I you're not going to get the value you want to return him on, and he could bounce back and be a top 15 wide receiver immediately. It all depends on his landing spot. You've sat on him, you've held him for those two years. D- don't don't bail out now. See what it brings you. Okay. Um. Real quick question. Gauging his value. Um. Let's start with. Uh, I mean, we'll start high. I think I already know your answer to this question, but uh, would you trade the the first overall rookie pick for Allen Robinson here? No, no, no. Of course. What not. about the second? No. Uh, what about the one hundred three? Straight. You're asking me if I trade something straight up for Allen Robinson. I would not trade a top ten pick in this rookie draft for him. Really? Not a really? top ten pick. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I think I think I'd be willing to invest in, in him as high as let's say like the fifth pick, um, fourth really? or fifth pick. Yeah. I I I think he's gonna go somewhere, and I think he's gonna get featured. And I don't know. I I still think the talent's there. So I I believe in Allen Robinson. Uh, I would be willing I mean, to give up. You saw the season two years ago, right? We we watched the same thing. Yeah, but I'm saying if if he leaves Jacksonville and gets a, a non uh, Bortles quarterback, I, I think he can showcase you know exactly what he can do. Yeah, I I don't know top five. There's there's five running backs in this draft who, depending on their landing spot, can become workhorse top top four round real draft running backs immediately. Okay, um, I just think I I like him enough as a wide receiver where I think he would be worth that pick. Um, and I think especially. If you bought him now and he did sign somewhere like San Francisco, I, I think his value would just skyrocket at that point. Yeah, thinking about it, I, I think I'd have him like one, okay, maybe maybe yes, top 10, like one pick seven, maybe pick seven and on. Okay. I, I, again, I, I still think I'd be willing to give up more than you would. Um, but You would. Yeah. I wish I had him. Just <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure we could get something done if you did, but uh, alas, you do not own him in any of our leagues together. How about another uh, wide receiver looking for a prove-it deal, Terrell Pryor? What would you uh, What would you pay me for him? Um, my leftover nachos from Super Bowl Sunday. Oh, actually, that that sounds really enticing. You had some really good chicken on those nachos. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think. Uh... I, I think an early third is as far as I'd go right now with Terrell Pryor. We, we've seen guys try to make that transition from quarterback to wide receiver or from, you know, running back to quarterback or whatever it might be. And it, it's really tough to make that transition in the pros. Um, he's flashed that athleticism and, and he, the talent's there to an extent, but I just don't know if he's going to be able to put that all together. It's going to take a, a good team to really, um, you know, be able to get him in a spot where they can feature him. Uh, even if he were to contribute to an NFL team, I don't know how good he would be for your fantasy roster. Yeah, he's that guy where you really need to see where he lands um, be- before you do anything like that. He, if he, you don't want to spend on him early. I, I'd rather, I'd rather pay real value for him once we see where he lands instead of speculative value right now because he could be completely unownable and likely will be next year now what if he lands in uh lands on san francisco where there's plenty of opportunity for a guy like that yeah i just i don't see that happening um 
I just think that wherever he goes, it's going to be for a relatively cheap short-term deal where they're going to want to see something out of him first. Um, I could see maybe like, maybe like the Titans um, to, to kind of pair him with Corey Davis on the other side. Uh, that would be interesting to me. Um, I, yeah, I just, I don't see a whole lot of situations where he would be anything more than a wide receiver for maybe a flex play. All right. Uh, coming off of wide receivers for a little bit, if you, if that's all right with you. Yeah. Le'Veon Bell demanding respect, but coming off of, uh, coming off of his statement that he would not sign a franchise tag if tendered. Uh, is this, is this weakness we're seeing in, uh, in young Le'Veon? No, I, I think, honestly, I think there's a lot of posturing going on back and forth, but the truth of the matter is Pittsburgh is in a Super Bowl window right now. They're going to cave. They're going to pay him. Um, and he wants to stay. He wants to play and, you know, play in and win a Super Bowl. Um, they were very close this year. And I, I just, I think both sides will figure it out and they're going to get something done to keep him in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I agree. I don't, I don't see any way for him, uh, for him to be leaving that team this year. Yeah, everybody talks about how running back is replaceable in today's NFL, but uh, that's only to an extent. You, it's it's pretty hard to replace a guy like Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, you you can't replace a superstar. Yeah, what about uh, what about Deion Lewis too? Uh, do you think the Patriots are gonna pay him enough to keep him? No, not a chance. They they don't pay their players like that. They they're certainly not. He will find someone who will give him you know, $6 million plus, And you know that the Patriots are not going to do anything like that ever. Um, nine carries in the Super Bowl only. Um, no catches, I don't think. I think I said something ludicrous with him getting uh, like five or more catches. It could have been even more ridiculous. Do you have that uh, that prop bets uh, that we made listed anywhere? Oh, actually, you know what? Um, I forgot about those, but I don't think we made a Deion Lewis bet. But let, let's go back to those real quick. Okay. Um. So you had Tom Brady under 280 passing yards. So clearly, uh, take, oh taking God. the loss there. Um, wow. Uh, Ertz. Uh, I said he would score a touchdown. You said no. So another loss for you there. Wow. Um. You said Ertz would throw at least two interceptions, which obviously did not happen either. He did throw one though. He did throw one. Um. But we, I think we put it at one and a half. So I took the we under did. on we that. Did. And then the Eagles sacks, I took under two and a half, so I got that one too. Um, but you did, you did not get swept. Uh, you won our final bet of Legarrette Blunt scoring a touchdown. Did they only have one sack? Just that strip sack at the end? Yep, that was the first and only sack of that game on either side, I think. Wow. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. One interception, one sack for the. Uh... Wow. Who was playing defense? Nobody, huh? Yeah, this was kind of just uh, one of those like heavyweight fights where you know they're going punch for punch, really. Yeah, Johnson Badamosi, that's who was playing defense. <laughs> that's a name I haven't heard in a while. Uh. <sighs> yeah. Well, he's your uh, he's your starting uh, cornerback for New England next year. So uh, going back to Deion Lewis, um, I'm probably looking to sell him. Uh, I, I don't know that anyone's necessarily looking to acquire him, but if they were, I, I just don't think that he's going to be quite as good on whatever team he ends up. And at the same time too, I, he's, he's struggled with a lot of different injury issues and I just don't see him staying healthy for a full season at this point. 
No, players are smart enough at this point. And, and honestly, thinking about it, I don't really know that there is an NFL team that will pay, uh, pay him a starter's contract with all the uh, rookies that are available in this uh, in this draft at running back. They could be very solid for a few years, you know, six, seven years out of them. Um, I, I, I don't think he has a shot. I, would you rather would you rather sign DeMarco Murray or Deion Lewis? Um, well, we'll get to Murray uh, later, but yeah. because Tennessee may still choose to keep uh, Murray, but but hypothetically, if if he hits the market, I'd rather have Demarco Murray. I'd rather have Carlos Hyde. Deion Lewis just feels, you know, a little too complimentary for 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 me. But I don't know who. Knows I'd rather what, I'd uh, rather have Lewis. Will do. I'd rather have Lewis because I think for the comparable prices, I think uh, both Hyde and Murray would command more on the open market. I, see, I don't see anybody paying Murray this year. I, I he's he's old. Okay. Um, there have been some rumors of Oakland having some interest in Deion Lewis, so we'll see if that happens. Um, that would certainly be an interesting stop, spot for him, given the strength of their offensive line and the run blocking. But um, that's still all speculation at this point. Uh, what about what about his uh slightly lighter teammate, Mr. Rex Burkhead? <laughs> I love Rex Burkhead. I like what he brings to the table, and I think I think the Patriots really like what he brings to the table. I I think he may stay there on a uh, on a on a Patriots value contract. Essentially, you know, uh, there's no reason to sign him for big money. I, I think he liked his time in in New England, and I, I think he'll like it even more next year. So, if let's say hypothetically they keep Burkhead. Um, Lewis leaves, and obviously James White will still be there. Um, potentially Mike Gillisley, we'll see. Uh, obviously still a long time away from preseason ADP in August, September. But where, what round would you be taking Rex Burkhead? Like by round seven, eight? No, I, I, I don't do that. You know I don't play with, uh, with Patriots running backs. Okay, um... Because I think that could be interesting, but uh, again, still a, a lot, a lot when, to happen. When in the Lewis offseason. leaves, they're going to bring in another guy. I mean, Jeremy Hill may come in and become the plotting back, the 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 goal line guy that that comes in and does well. Or heck, Mike Gillisley could be a stud next year. Yeah, uh, Gillisley did show well uh, early in the season, so we'll see what happens with that. But as always, New England is uh, a mess to uh, to ponder in the offseason until. Pretty much, really until like week five or week six in season, do we really truly know kind of what they're doing? I I say that we never know truly what they're doing, honestly. <laughs> you might be right there. Yeah, I can't. the only thing I know is that Gronk is worth it. That's the only thing that's true. Yeah, I think Gronk and Brady are the two perennial guys that uh, are fairly insulated as far as fantasy production go. Edelman should be healthy next year. Maybe put up another 95 catches, become your uh, fall back into that Jarvis Landry role for you. But that, that's about all that I that's that's about all that I count on. Yeah, that's fair. Um, let's talk about Carlos Hyde a little bit. Okay. What do you think uh, happens with him? So he's talented. I, I think he'd stay in San Francisco. I think that makes the most sense at this point in his career. But, but um, you know, his landing spot could sway his fantasy draft slot by up to four rounds one way or another. Um, he wasn't brought in by this regime. Who knows? Maybe Jimmy Garoppolo hates him. I, I, I don't know. I, I think this if he stays on this team, he could be in line for a really good year in this upcoming offense. But 
you know, we'll see what happens. So hypothetically speaking, let's say it's August. Um, Carlos Hyde has stayed in San Francisco and is the quote-unquote starter. Um, they drafted a rookie running back in like the fifth or sixth round, but Hyde is the clear starter right now. Um, number one, what's his value in dynasty rookie picks? And two, what do you what round would you be taking him in redraft? All right, is Joe Williams still on the team? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's Matt Breida doing? Yeah, he's he's still floating around in San Francisco. Goodness. Well, why the heck did they draft another running back then? No, oh, just someone late, uh, somebody who can also contribute special teams, what have you. I'm just saying Hyde is the quote-unquote starter in San Francisco in August. What's I think the price? He is a reasonably in a 10 team, I think he's a reasonable third-round pick, maybe a maybe a late second in a 12 or 14 team. And in terms of dynasty rookie picks, gosh, I, I'm not, I've never valued things in this uh, in this way before quite like you. You make the most trades. Uh, I don't know. You're really asking me to grasp at straws here. Maybe maybe an early second round guy. I, I'd like I'd, I'd prefer Allen Robinson to him in a dynasty. Um, but I definitely and I definitely prefer all these rookie running backs that could go in the first round this year. Hmm. Okay, because I, I would have no issue paying up a, a first-round pick for Hyde. Um, I'm not sure how high I would go. Maybe, like, the eighth pick would be the highest, I would think. But I, I would think there's a lot of potential if, if he's going to stay with uh, Kyle Shanahan there. Okay, so we're similar, just shifted a little bit by by about five spots or so. Yeah, and I think I would agree with your redraft valuation of you know late second, early third round pick. Uh, there's a lot of uncertain running backs in that range. I think. I mean, sort of that, sort of that same range that Kareem Hunt went this year. Yeah. Um. I mean, we saw how that worked out, but. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I still like Carlos Hyde a lot. Obviously, another issue is his health as well. Um, we'll see if San Francisco ends up paying up for him, although I don't think he would command a massive contract by any means. No, I, he, he, he can't at this point. He hasn't done anything to, to warrant a, a massive running back contract, especially since nobody's paying running backs right now, or I don't think they will this season. Okay, um, so let's move on to another guy who's shown some flashes but uh, still pretty uncertain about uh, long-term. Isaiah Crowell, he'll be a free agent this year. Uh, do you think he goes elsewhere? Uh, what's his fantasy value here? Yeah, he had a nice year here. He definitely did, but he just doesn't strike me as the kind who's going to get a big deal or a workhorse role. He's been a malcontent in the past, causing stirrups in the media and if you're causing uh, media problems in Cleveland, you're going to cause them in other places. Uh, he doesn't have the pass-catching abilities that they're going to look for uh, backs to have. He's just a complimentary piece. Um, not not a ton of value for me. So you mentioned speculating Jeremy Hill to New England. I think Crowell to New England would be interesting. That that would be interesting. That'd be another another one of those similar type of backs. Yeah, that would that would definitely pique my interest. And uh, he, he'd have to get on board playing the Patriot way, that's for sure. But um, just like Woodhead, White, all, all those guys, if I'm going to draft one of them, it's just whichever one's left on the draft board in in one of your waning rounds. Okay, um, let's move on to Old Man River then, Frank Gore. Philip Rivers? <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, do you think every year we talk about 
you know, this is the year Gore's done, and and he has yet to actually go that route. Um, you, you think he's still like a top seven or eight round fantasy pick next year in redraft? It depends on where he lands, of course. Um, I I don't. If he stays in, in Indianapolis, but depending on the coach, if they don't go out and get a running back, which they'd be absolutely crazy not to, then yeah, I, I think he stays in in top eight rounds definitely. But uh, th- this could be Alski Road for Frank Gore. Um, and, it, and I'd like to see him go out on his own on his own merit on his own, uh, you know, sorry, on his own terms is, the, is what I'm trying to say on his own terms into retirement. But he he may be retired by nobody signing him. What if uh, what if Oakland paired him with Marshawn Lynch? I'd love that. <laughs> favorite uh, favorite running back duo in the league, and then they could pick up Adrian Peterson. <laughs> yeah. Um. If you could pick a team for Frank Gore, where where would you want him to go? Chicago Bears. Uh, sorry, I meant fantasy wise. <laughs> oh, oh, that's too bad. Um, let's see, what would be a good fit for him? How about uh? How about a backup role in Pittsburgh? Like, sort of like D'Angelo Williams. Ooh, you know what? I, I actually really like that. That's, uh, ooh. He's got the chops to, uh, to, make, to make something happen over there. He, he's, you know, not known anymore as a pass-catching back, but he can definitely, he's got good enough hands to make that work. I, I like that answer a lot. I, uh, you know, I'm going to be rooting for that now. Thank you. I think, Thank you. I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, okay. I think uh, I, I don't think I can top that comment. Um, so let, <laughs> let's move on to uh, uh, one more running back here, Jarek McKinnon. Um, you know he's that spark athlete freak. Uh, you know obviously showed pretty well in Minnesota at times, but really uh, Latavius Murray got all the the red zone rushing work, so he certainly missed out on a lot of points there. Um, what do you think about him? Uh, he, he never excelled in the lead duty work, but he will have a job somewhere. Uh, he, he'd be a better compliment to stay on the team to cook, in my opinion, than Latavius Murray. Murray is basically a worse version of uh, of Dalvin Cook to me, where McKinnon's the better, that better sort of compliment. But I, I don't think they have the cash, and I don't think they want to keep all three. I think he'll catch on somewhere as a, as a uh, good supplementary third down type back. And in this league, there's definite value there. Could be could be the Giants, although they've got a whole slew of terrible running backs on that team. He could come in and be the best uh, best pass catcher and third down guy they have with Vereen leaving. Yeah, I mean, just kind of following Pat Shermer, I could certainly see that being an option for him. Um, my other my other thought was maybe the Texans. Uh, certainly with Deshaun Watson, assuming health, his mobility, I think that would give them a lot of options, uh, splitting him out wide or doing a little option run there. Um, I think that would be an interesting, excuse me, interesting spot for McKinnon. That could be really nice if, uh, Dante Foreman heals up, give them two explosive type running backs to, uh, having that backfield with Deshaun Watson. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, I have a question for you real quick because I am actually not sure how I feel about, uh, the tight ends that I, I want to bring up to you. Sure. So we've got Austin Safarian Jenkins. We've got George Kittle. Yep. And we've got guys like Vance McDonald, Trey Burton, all, all the guys who've shown flashes. And, and I know you've, you've always said, you know, after the, the first however many tight ends, it's really a crapshoot. So in that, in that muddled middle that you like to quote, 
Um, <laughs> how would you rank these guys? And you know, do you, do you really like? Do you really want to go buy any one of these guys? Are you staying away from all of them? What What are your thoughts here? Yeah, regarding those guys, that they're really going to be, you know, they're going to be featured on your Losa's tight end streams of the week next year a ton. I'm not going out of my way to buy them or pay for them. I don't think any of them are an every week starter. Definitely not Vance McDonald. Maybe George Kittle. Um, Trey Burton. Yeah, I don't think you can go out there and buy him anymore if he if he was owned already on a team, which in a lot of shrewd dynasty leagues he already was, and that if he was. That owner already knew what they were getting, but now you've had him thrown a touchdown in the Super Bowl that contributed to a Super Bowl win. Um, so, so everybody who plays Dynasty football is going to know who Trey Burton is anyways. You're not fleecing anybody here. Um, who was the other one you mentioned? Uh, George Kittle? No. Oh, yeah. Kittle, Kittle. Burton, I have to see where he lands. Right now, I like Kittle the best of those four to own in a Dynasty. The other ones... Um, if Burton stays with Philly, which I, I think he cashes in and gets a contract with somebody as a starter this year, it really just depends on his landing point. There's so many good tight ends out there that are on bad teams for them. But when you get them in the right matchup, when you have them facing Cleveland or, or the Giants or something, then they're automatic starts. They're tight end ones for sure that week. But then the next week they can disappear. And we saw that with Kittle this year where he had good weeks, but then he disappeared some weeks. That said, that was before Garoppolo got there. He didn't have a great connection with Kittle after he got there, but I think that is something that can develop in this next preseason heading into next year. Okay, so you like Kittle the best out of those four. To own in a dynasty based on his age and based on the potential of that team growing and gelling together, yes. Okay, I think... um... I'm not necessarily saying he's going to have the best all, you know, one through 16 season next year, though, of them. Sure. I, 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 I get what you're saying here. I, I think for me, it's very close between Kittle and Austin Sparing Jenkins because... Oh, that was the fourth one. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I still think that ASJ has... He's got a ton of talent. I mean, his, you know, the, the type of numbers that he put up at the Combine and just, you know, now that he's hopefully done with the whole <laughs> drinking issue, uh, I, I think he's primed to explode if he goes to the right team. Oh, I think you know there are a few bigger fans of Austin Safarian Jenkins than me. Love what he brings to the table. Love his size. But he depends so much on what team he lands on. And if he stays with the Jets, it depends so much on who that quarterback is this next season. I mean, they, this could be a team that puts up, you know, 10 points a game. And, of course, there's no value there. Yeah, so I, I know I mentioned Jarek McKinnon to um, the Texans. But what about Safarian Jenkins to the Texans? I mean, they, they've always kind of had that tight end rotation going on, and no one's really stood out. I think Fedorowicz has, has done fine when he, you know, is healthy, and he had that concussion that knocked him out of this last season. I mean, he so had I don't three, so gonna... can they really count on him? I don't know. I, I, I'd like him there. I'd like ASJ in Houston, but I just don't see him, them signing him. Okay. Um. But for that landing spot, yeah, I, I would... I'd take a shot on him. Okay. Um, are there any last uh, players you want to talk about before we wrap this up? 
Uh, no, nobody that's really grabbing me real tightly one way or another. Um, keep an eye on A.J. McCarron. You know, once all this, uh, all these quarterbacks end up on teams, Minnesota, Buffalo, the Jets, Cleveland, I think A.J. McCarron may end up in the mix here come time where we get uh, after the combine coming close to the draft where we see somebody. Heck, I could see somebody paying more than uh, the San Francisco paid for, uh, for Garoppolo, for McCarron, just because of the draft hype. All right, so two last quick questions for you. We don't have to dive too deep into it, but number one, um, week one of 2018, who is throwing the first pass for the Minnesota Vikings? Oh. Ooh. Sam Bradford. Okay, I think it's going to be Teddy Bridgewater. All right. Um, same question, uh, or a similar question, I should say. Week one, um, you know, Marquise, or no, let's say uh, D.D. Westbrook catches a touchdown from whom? Is it Blake, Blake Bortles. Bortles? Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I don't I, know how you can turn your back on the guy. I, I, how can you? I mean, this their, their, their owner is a shrewd businessman. He's an out-of-the-box sort of guy, and Blake Bortles is an out-of-the-box out sort of quarterback. I, I think they're more stuck with him than then they're really wanting him. Um, Don't make me go ranting on Blake Bortles again. Uh, yeah, I know, I know. All right, I told, I said we'd keep this short. Uh, we, I just wanted <laughs> to hear your answer, so okay. Um, I, I do happen to agree. I think it's going to be Bortles as well. So, All right, uh, we will be back with another show, uh, hopefully sometime very soon. Uh, as always, there's a ton going on in the offseason, uh, different trades that are happening, uh, free agency is going to be. Uh, pretty wild, I would think, uh, this year with all the talent that's kind of floating out there. Uh, we didn't even talk about guys like like Dante Moncrief, Sammy Watkins. Still a lot of a lot of talented wide receiver um, in this free agent class. So we'll definitely be back with a lot more discussion coming up soon. Uh, and uh, as always, if you guys have uh, questions for us in the off season, you can always reach us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Los, L-O-S. You can also reach our producer, Dan, at FFA underscore Dan, D-A-N, Dan. Um, you know how to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't yet. Uh, we're available on all your local platforms. Um, you know how to use them. Yeah, and uh, as always, it's a fantasy world, even when it's the off season, and uh, we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, off-season addicts. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino online. I was only playing for fun, so winning was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's favorite free online social casino. You, too, could have the chance to win life-changing cash prizes. Absolutely anybody could be like Mary. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumboCasino.com and play for free now. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of the winner.